You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off of your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. You have the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mayo, and at Nada the Scribe. So it's unfortunate that... I don't even know if we could consider this a true content train, but it gave us a little bit of content that the Hornets were in that two-week camp that was given to all of the Delete 8 teams. Mm -hmm. And it came to an end on Friday. So we don't have anything else coming from any of the media sessions with those players anymore. We'll get to some of the highlights that that two-week camp brought us, basically just because just with some of the media sessions that did take place with the Q&A over the last two weeks or so, some of the things that we thought were the most noteworthy from some of the comments of the players and James Borrego, because obviously we could not see what was going on inside of them practicing, doing five on five. And really, it's not like they're implementing new stuff anyway. So not a, you know, when we look at some of the highlights over the last couple of weeks, um, I thought that uh, one of the most, um, I I thought one of the biggest things was listening to Malik talk for the first time since his suspension in the NBA's anti-drug program. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit already, but as far as the biggest things to come from the camp, I thought hearing Malik talk seems like he's taking ownership of it. It's all about actions following these words and we can buy in as much as you want to or not, but it does seem like Malik Monk is hopefully starting to mature and he, and that actually takes place going forward with him. But it, it, it does beg the question of what the Hornets are going to do with Malik. It's the, one of the biggest questions on this roster um, moving into this offseason whenever the league year does officially end. And, you know, him talking about the pressure that is on him, but also the buy-in from the higher-ups to how, you know, it, it can have two different effects on him. But I thought that was one of the bigger things from the media sessions that we t- uh, that we saw take place. Yeah, th- there was that. Like, Malik taking responsibility, um, taking care of his body. That was something that you saw, too, because he looked a little bit bigger, a little bit, scrawny, a l- little bit stronger. And I think, again, the fact that he took his career seriously, and this may be one of those things, like, I came this close to throwing my career away and it ends up being one of those stories that is one of those really cool redemption stories. And hopefully we get to continue to see it in Charlotte, but that's another one of those cool stories. Um, one of the other things I took away from, and this is, this wasn't just from like miles or just a collective, how much these guys miss basketball was very, very evident from Jalen McDaniels to, to Joel Berry to just all around that. And you know what? I want to play a whole bunch of these dudes in ping pong too, Walker. Because again, <laughs> you see, you see all these talks about how Cody Zeller ran the table and ran everybody, so to the point where only Brian Travis, our <laughs> friend right. Brian Travis, beat <laughs> Cody Zeller. He was the only one to do it. So again, first things first, we got to see Brian. We got to we might have to get Brian on just to talk about that for like even five minutes. Yeah, usually Brian is the one helping us get guests for the show. Maybe he can be the guest and talk about his one-on-one ping pong match with Cody Zeller and how he was really the only one to bring Cody Zeller down after everyone tried to tell you that they were the ping pong champion, they were the best. It was really only Cody Zeller backing it up. And then finally, Brian Travis able to beat Cody Zeller. Shout out 
to uh, one of the best PR guys out there, one of the best PR staffs that there is. Always love dealing with the Charlotte Hornets uh, public relations staff. But yeah, you know, that was uh, the Malik Monk thing, going back to that. You know, I, I thought that was one of the guys I think we wanted to hear from most because everything ended so weird. We heard Mitch Kupchak and his media availability after the season. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, he's been reinstated for a decent amount now. <laughs> he's yeah. like, yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't want to talk about that. And so um, we wanted to hear from Malik Muck. I thought one of the other highlights was Devontae Graham kind of casually dropping into one of his media sessions that he was willing to talk an extension. You know, we've talked mm-hmm. about the possible contract extension between the two sides already, you know, quite a bit because it's one of the bigger decisions that Charlotte is going to have to make and whether they make it or not is the question. But the fact that Devonte Graham is willing to do so, maybe you could fall in the line of, you know, what is Devonte supposed to say? You know, I think yes, there is something exactly. yeah, and, and maybe that's the true. I, I think there is a way that Devonte says, I'll take care of that once camp is over. And once the new league year officially does begin, you know, you could be a little bit more, I don't know, media savvy and decide not to say anything while also answering the question. But he said he was willing to talk in extension. And so I think there was something to that. I think he likes his uh, time here in Charlotte so far. I think those guys are a really close-knit group. And I think that does make it tough for him to leave, even if he would uh, get a bigger contract out there on the open market. Um, instead of maybe, you know, and instead of just agreeing to maybe a smaller contract with the Hornets because of the restrictions that you have on the, uh, on the qualifying offer that you could yeah, make. You're not, and you're right about that. But the one thing, the crazy part to this whole situation, quite honestly, is that, again, we're at the point where there are active debates, not just here, but on message boards all around. Do the Hornets re-sign Devontae Graham, the sat in the third? Or is it going to be one of those things where you wait? We even had Bobby Marks weigh in and say, no, I'd probably wait and save that $10 million in cap space because as we've talked about ad nauseum before this camp and even after this cap camp, the Hornets might have one of the cleanest cap sheets when we talk about going forward over the next five years. I know Sam Vecini even said, Hornets have one of the cleanest cap sheets going forward. So the idea of who goes and who stays is always going to be one of those topics. And we're at the beginning. And I think we need to like keep emphasizing this. This is like the between year one and year two of this rebuild post Kemba Walker. And for this to be like this thus far, I think that's another big thing I took from this is that these are relatively massive steps that we're seeing. We're being seen taken right now. And at some point, I do believe that um, I guess the big thing is we're just seeing the growth. And I love the fact that we are seeing this growth right now. Mm-hmm. And from now, from here on, here on going forward, like this only the journey only gets better. Kind of. Yeah. One of the other things I thought was noteworthy was James Brego talking about PJ Washington playing more center and it makes Mm -hmm. sense of the way that the NBA is headed where it is right now. And, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit also, but I do think that was one of the other big takeaways from the comments that we heard with this two week camp was that they are really kind of honing in on how many um, minutes they want to put in with PJ Washington playing the five position as well as how good they might look as a team, you know, even more so than giving Cody Mm -hmm. Martin more ball handling responsibility. I just thought PJ playing the five, it makes that team look a lot different and a lot more different than, you know, having a Cody Zeller continue to play the five if they yeah. choose so to move on from him. Um, you know, it, that, that was something that was a big takeaway for me as well. Yeah, it was a big takeaway. And again, it, I'm not the biggest fan 
and most of y'all know that already, but if this works, this is probably the only way, per se, that you can get... I think this is the only way that this works, is that, again, if you can keep Miles Bridges and play P.J. Washington, it's the only way it works. It's the only way you keep both. Because if not, one's got to go. And most likely, we know who the person who's got to go is going to be in that situation. Yeah. So if, like, you pray this works, because otherwise the Hornets are facing a really tough decision going forward, and I don't want that to be the storyline going into next season no matter what. All right. Well, before we get to the second segment in the Lockdown Hornets podcast, I want to talk to you guys about Roman. And look, I know talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo, trying to quote some Austin Powers, laugh it off, or we avoid it just altogether and give you all the excuses in the world. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it because a real healthcare professional can prescribe real medication for you with Roman. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, it's simple, and most importantly, possibly to you, it is also discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com XXX and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman and you can complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. And if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's all one word, no spaces with the LockedOnNBA part of that. Billy Hernan Gomez apologize for something that he did over the weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a radar, <laughs> a radar. Me, of all NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of <laughs> all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah, you're Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from uh, Catawba County. Put so, them on the Raider. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. We did have a little bit of Hornets news take place really earlier today with Billy Hernan Gomez. He is a member of the Charlotte Hornets now, but he is going to be a free agent as soon as this league year does officially end. And he just got done with the two-week camp that we've been talking about. He was there. He was a free agent that did attend along with a Dwayne Bacon um, opposite of Nick Batum and Bismack Biombo's decision. So interesting enough that those guys did attend. But immediately, Billy Hernan Gomez apparently gets back on a plane, flies to Spain, and partakes in a 200-people party, person party that was taking place in his home country. So he did apologize via Twitter. Um, As today. he should. Yeah, he apologized on Twitter today after he attended a party in Spain that had that was broken up by police over the COVID-19 concerns and all this information I am referencing from Rick Bennell's um, article in the Charlotte Observer. And then he said that he was among about 200 people who did attend that party in Madrid over the weekend. And according to news uh, reports in Spain, police dispersed the party goers and four people were arrested for resistance or disobedience of the authorities. 
Billy Hernan Gomez actually posted something on social media. It was in Spanish, but translated, it says, as a result of the latest information that emerged about me, I wanted, first of all, to confirm that I was indeed present at said event. Second, and most importantly, I wanted to make a public apology, assuming my mistake and being fully aware of what that implies in the situation that we are now living in. Of course, he was a part of the minicamp. Good thing that he did not attend this before. He went to the Charlotte Hornets minicamp and wasn't as reckless. Um, still, Billy Hernan Gomez making the apology. Just wanted to bring that up. Not, do you have any thoughts or just Billy? Obviously, just needing to be more careful. Billy honestly just needs to be more careful. Like that's the thing. This is one of those things. Like, if you're going to try and stay stateside to play basketball. I understand that the United States does not have one of the best policies when it comes to COVID. I would not go overseas to go cause a scene and then come back. That that just puts a lot of people at risk and it's just grossly irresponsible and something you expect from someone. I think he's 26 now. I just expect better from someone that's 26, 27 right now. And quite honestly, like you're still out here. You, again, you've, you're the one that's got to make the imp- good impression on everybody else at this point. And you doing this, despite being maybe a fringe NBA player, that's the type of thing that ends up getting you probably not even a phone call this year. And then you're going to be back in Spain playing for someone else, basically. Well, that leads into our next discussion with the Charlotte Hornets and it's what's next. So now the two-week camp is over. That was something that we were looking to after the mm-hmm. NBA decided to grant that time to the Elite Eight teams. And we're really just kind of waiting for the NBA draft to hit. There's nothing else for the Charlotte Hornets to partake in, really, unless we, until I should say, we have the NBA Finals conclude this new league year hits, which I I don't know exactly when that date is. I don't even know if it is official um, with all of the different things that are up in the air with the NBA season right now. I know we don't even know when the NBA season is going to begin next year, um, Mm -hmm. at least at the moment. Um, But still, once the league year does officially end, then they're going to be on the clock as to these decisions on Devontae Graham's extension that we've talked about, on a possible Malik Monk extension, on bringing back Bismack Biombo, Dwayne Bacon, Billy Hernan Gomez. You know, it's, it's all about um, those types of decisions. And, um, you know, I, what's the most important thing to you, Nada? I mean, when you're talking about some of the offseason decisions that the Charlotte Hornets are going to make, and we'll keep it within the players on the roster, who's the, who's the guy that you make a decision on first and foremost before you move on to the next one? Quite honestly, Malik. Like, I think it's Malik. I think... And, and you and you give him the extension is what you're saying. I'm giving... Again, I'm giving him the extension if he takes it. If he's willing to take it, then yes. That's my first point of business, quite honestly. I'm not saying that I believe... Again, I'm, I want to caution this as saying I'm not saying that He's going to be the first piece of business that's the most vital. But if you're talking about locking up the most talented guy on your roster, something that Mitch Kupchak has said multiple times about Malik Monk, the most talented guy on the roster, if that matters to you, locking him up and making sure that he goes nowhere, even at a, again, the big thing is if it's at a team-friendly deal to where if something goes wrong, you could always either A, cut him or B, deal him. Yo, look. That I think that's the biggest piece of business because I think like Devontae is going to cost you at least ten million in space. That's going to hurt you in terms of this year because as we as we know we don't know what the CBA is going to look like. Dwayne Bacon's another interesting one only because I believe that he's going to be here. I think he doesn't have the market he does. 
he did. And more, most importantly, I don't think, again, if he really didn't want to be here, if he thought he had this many suitors, he wouldn't have shown up. He'd have done what Bismack Biombo did. So th- there's though again, it's those three. And then maybe a Bismack Biombo. Last, like if I'm going to put on this like hierarchy of everything, Bismack Biombo is probably last only because I think his market isn't going to be as nearly as big as everyone seems to think it is. And I think you can lock him up for probably multiple years under $10 million a year. Yeah. Multiple years. Yeah. I mean, as far as the most important decisions for them to make, I mean, it's clearly going to be on these young guys and the contact uh, contract extensions that could come their way. I actually think one of the first things that does get done though, is the Bismack thing that you mentioned. And I'm not even saying, I'm not saying it's the most important, but it, it's one of the decisions that, you know, you need, you have the big man space right now because Bismack Biombo is going to be a free agent and you can open up that possibility. You know, maybe you don't address it during the NBA draft. Maybe you figure mm-hmm. out who you're going to draft first. And if you get that James Wiseman or if you get that Akungwu, then you can decide what you're going to do with the Bismack. Maybe that entices you more to um, bring him back as yeah. to be the mentor to one of these big guys. And then maybe you want to trade a Cody Zeller. Maybe you want to, um, you know, give a veteran and your young hopeful pillar of the organization more playing time than Cody Zeller, who just seems like all the signs are kind of pointing um, for him to be gone from this organization, yeah. either via trade or even when the contract is up here with Charlotte, as this is the contract year for Cody Zeller. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if Bismack is the guy that um, kind of gets taken care of first before they decide to, you know, dis- before they decide what they're going to do with the Malik Monk contract extension and Devonte Graham, um, and we'll see about the timeline too. I mean, the timeline yeah, exactly. does make the a big timeline. difference because the NBA draft happening, I believe like November 18th, I believe is the day. Yeah. And you're right about that. And the one thing I do, the one, the other thing that I'm kind of like thinking about is, and the more you talked about it, the more I think it's kind of academic. I do think Bismack is back, but I might have to switch it things up. And again, flip flop and not again, no surprise, but <laughs> I might, again, number one on my list might be finding Cody Zeller at home. Because the more I think about it, the more you're right. There are enough big man prospects to where, again, some again, one of these guys got to go, and most likely it's going to be Cody Zeller. And I think because he's a fairly large expiring, cap space is going to be at a premium, and he can be used to I don't know necessarily move up or something else like that. Like I can see a scenario in which Cody Zeller is the guy that moved to get to be a draft sweetener or to get additional picks because people are trying to maintain or hoard space for not this year's free agency class, but next year's free agency class. So I just wonder, like I said, finding Cody Zeller at home might be number one after yeah. the more I think about it. A lot of things up in the air for the Hornets that, that truly are 50, 50, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Th- there are a lot of decisions for the Hornets as to, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, and I'm not even leaning one way or the other. I mean, it, it, they're really hard to figure out when you talk about is Cody Zeller going to be a um, Hornet for the rest of the season? You know, maybe I'm leaning more towards he's gone. But then when you talk about Bismack Biombo, is he here or gone? I mean, you know, I, I would guess that he's here, but you know, it, it's 50, 50 more or less for me, you know, the contract extension for both the players that we're talking about, that's kind of 50, 50. Um, if they mm-hmm. don't draft a big man, then Billy could be here. But if he, but if they do draft a big man, then he's you know probably gone in my opinion. You know, there's a lot of uh, decisions for the Hornets that are really up in the air where I can't really get a grip on 
what they do. I have my opinion on what they should do, of course, but it is kind of hard for us to, um, you know, determine what they're going to do with the situations and kind of have too many options, man. Yeah. Yeah. They have too many options. It'll be interesting to see. I know what your number one option should be if you are going after a energy bar and the energy bar that you should see boys is the built bar. That's right. It is for the health conscious guy. It is a delicious treat, whether it is cherry barcia or cookies and cream, any of those flavors you want to get, they are low calorie, they're low sugar, they're high protein, they're high fiber, and they are delicious as well. And what also is very cool about going to builtbar.com is you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. That's all one word, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Miami Heat stay alive in the NBA Finals after a great performance from Jimmy Butler in Game 3. Um, does not his prediction on the NBA Finals actually turn out true? We'll talk about it next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you fallen out of love with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love with him? I think there's still a chance. Yeah, I think I there's know, still a too. chance. Yeah. I think he's uh, <laughs> playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Before the NBA Finals started, Nada, I went with Miami in seven, and then mm-hmm. they looked awful, mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of injuries that took place, mm-hmm. um, and I immediately felt bad about that prediction. It looked like maybe you were going to even be wrong, too, because it looked like the <laughs> Lakers were so dominant, and then the injuries took place, and you're like, all right, the Lakers aren't going to win in five like you predicted. They're going to win in four, and they're just going to sweep the Miami Heat right out of the building and then move on with an NBA championship in an easy path. But Jimmy Butler refused to let that happen. Um, I mean, that dude, look, LeBron James, clearly the best. We can go to Giannis. We can go to some of these best players in the bubble and the NBA for sure. Um, The coldest dude in the NBA is Jimmy Butler. I love that guy. I mean, he's the the coldest dude in the association from what we've seen him do with Philly, knocking down shots at the end of games and being the guy that really – um, you know, it was the straw that stirred the drink in Philly to use a cliche. And we've seen him do some of that stuff with the Miami heat, bringing all of this team together, man. I love Jimmy Butler playoff. Jimmy is a different beast, even with a really good player in the regular season. And he gives you a 40 point triple double. The only player ever to outperform LeBron James in an NBA final a finals game via the points, rebounds and assists column. Truly a great performance to keep his team alive. And look, I don't think the Heat are going to win. You know, after that game one performance, I'm still not saying the Heat are going to come in and make this thing crazy interesting. But um, I mean, but it's a fantastic performance. And it's really from one of the only guys on that roster that did not look shook in game one. And he proved that in game three. Look, at this point with Jimmy Butler, the fact that he had a triple double and didn't shoot a three. Didn't attempt to <laughs> right. This was all mid-range, and it's, I'm developing a theory on this that we, you know how we always talk about the mid-range being dead, this, that, and the third, and then you find that the mid-range is much more important in the postseason than it is in the regular season because teams are like locking down to chase you off the line, but they're not going to allow easy buckets at the rim at the same time. The one thing that I am the one thing that I do worry about with a lot of this uh, threes or freezing threes at this point is that we take away the context of the importance of the mid range. And if you can hit that mid range and that's something Jimmy did a lot of, he basically went to work on the mid range, did a lot of mid range, did a lot of his damage. 
mid-range matters. It just matters at a different point of the season. That's well, why I mean, you need to v- develop it, quite honestly. Well, I mean, the, the thing about the mid-range conversation, and, you know, I, I've seen brighter analytics minds talk about this myself, but, you know, the people that have put this in simplest terms, the, 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 the phrases I've heard is, the efficient shots are the efficient shots. And mm-hmm. when you look at it as a whole, you can see that the three-point shot is more efficient than the mid-range. And then we see the Rockets take that to the extreme where it's all free throws at the rim and three-point shots. And I get all of that. But then you have this conversation with Kevin Durant as to, okay, you're fine with him taking the mid-range because he's so damn good at it that when he takes it from 15 feet, 18 feet, whatever, you know, you're talking about uh, a shot that goes in quite a bit to where, okay, you can have him take that shot. And it's the same thing with the way at least Jimmy Butler has demonstrated. I don't know the numbers on his mid-range game right now but I know that I believe what did he go was he 14 of 20 in this game mm-hmm. uh, I'm against the Lakers yeah and, and we've seen him be a little bit more um, efficient shooting that mid-range than you know even even three-point shooting Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is better than uh, regular uh, three-point shooting regular season three-point shooting Jimmy Butler but yeah like it, it's just about the efficient shots being you, you know taking them if, if you're good enough in the mid-range then I don't think that there should be a big problem with you taking those types of shots and you're right in the playoffs you need a little bit of separation to get harder shots and uh, Jimmy Butler has proven that he can do that. He's also attacking the rim very well. He went to the free throw line and I think made 12 of his 14 shots at the charity stripe. And and so th- there are still things like that that he's doing. Yeah, man, he's just, he, he's so good. Um, I saw some tweet out there that that practice in Minnesota that the the infamous practice in when mm-hmm. he, in, in which he took all of the second stringers and then beat all the starters without taking a shot. Like he, yeah, I saw some tweets say that, yeah, we saw that in game three, which of course he had 40 points. He took a bunch <laughs> of shots. But I mean, you do look at that starting lineup, Nada. It's kind of crazy when you it think about it. Crazy. So, so he did that with Myers Leonard starting at the center position. Yep. He also did that with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, who has not been good the last couple of series. It's been a while since he has been. Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, right. Like, it, it's crazy to see that Jimmy Butler was able to do what he did. And Anthony Davis didn't have a great game. And, 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 and LeBron, yeah. yeah. And, and Doris Burke, you know, talked about Frank Vogel needing to hold LeBron James and Anthony Davis accountable for what um, they did in game three. But I, I love Jimmy Butler, man. It's been so fun to watch this team. And it's been fun to him lead that team. Look, here's the thing. Like, and this is where I blame LeBron because a lot of that fourth quarter, there were times where LeBron would get shedded on a soft screen and Jimmy would get to the bu- bucket and either get a foul or get a layup. At some point, that's on LeBron to shut that water off. We've seen him do it with a slower guy in, uh, I'm sorry, a quicker guy in Jamal Murray in the previous series. And he was doing that in other parts of the series. A lot of this was the Lakers letting up off the throttle and they lost a game. I don't think we're going to see another let off the throttle game. If they do, this series is going to be tied or it's, again, they're not going to go home in five and then they're going to make me look dumb. Oh, and one last thing, Walker, before we forget, can we stop making every Laker thing about Kobe? I understand (laughs) the man is gone, but again, a whole bunch of your social posts out there for your company, you're trying to make this somehow figure out to be 81 or 24 or number eight or whatever. I don't care. Stop making about Kobe. It looks creepy. It does not look cool anymore. 
Well, I mean, the, the, the number of coincidences that people try to do everything they can to tie it together. Yeah. Like I, I roll my eyes a little bit at that. You know, if it means as much as it does, as it, as it seems to mean to LeBron James, where they keep bringing it up or Anthony Davis saying, you know, that was for you, Kobe, when he hits that game winning shot against the Nuggets. Like that's cool stuff, man. When he hits that and does have the presence of mind. I, I, I think he mouthed something after that three-point shot, like, you know, that was for Mamba or Mamba yeah. mentality or something like that. If, if that's something that they truly care about, then yeah, I mean, who are we to say that they need to calm that down? I, that's fine. If, that, if he was as good of an influence or as big of an influence as them as to, you know, for, for him to be the purpose and how they play the game, absolutely. But yeah, like I... trying to make all these connections with the numbers, you know, it it seems, it seems weird to me. I I hear you on that real quickly before we end today's show, doc rivers signs a contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm still mad at him. (laughs) This thing happens very quickly. How do you think it goes with doc and Philly? Uh, Well, remember how I said I wasn't worried about Philly when we start building teams for the forward going forward, that just extends my concern to about one or two years before this all collapses and everybody gets fired. That's about it. Yeah. Um, We've talked about it. It seems like a fool's gold job where you have all of this talent, but Elton Brand has not shown any interest in getting rid of one of the stars, which is fine. You know, like I, I understand wanting to hold on to Joel Embiid and, and wanting to hold on to Ben Simmons, but I also just don't know what kind of deal you're going to get trading Al Horford and Tobias Harris is on a massive contract. And, you know, they already traded the, the, you know, that the first round pick in order to get a Tobias Harris. And they felt the need, I think, to avoid sunk cost. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they gave them all of that money. They didn't hold on to Jimmy and, you know, we, we can blame Jimmy for that kind of wanting out, but also Philadelphia, um, you know, just, I mean, we heard about, um, you know, Brett Brown, not like fighting tooth and nail to keep Jimmy Butler, but also being okay with it. You know, like, I don't know, man, just there's, it, there's, it, there's a lot of this stuff that doesn't make sense. And there's also a lot of this that I just put at the feet, not necessarily of Brett Brown, but I also put at the feet of Elton Brand and the ownership and oh, yeah, sure. ownership is going to end up blowing this for them. And, and unfortunately, Elton Brand's going to get, take the blame for that for whatever part he plays and doc rivers eventually will play part in that. I just, the only thing that may make you feel decent about this move is basically Tobias Harris. One of the guys you paid a lot of money to a max contract. In fact, that's the only guy that like doc can definitely unlock what he does with Ben Simmons. I'm not sure of, and I don't have enough confidence in it. I think, no, I'm with you. I mean, I think the thing about Doc Rivers is that he has the reputation of communicating with players better than a lot of other coaches, and he's earned maybe the the uh, maybe he's the guy you think of first when you think of players, coaches. You know, it, it probably is Doc Rivers to a certain mm-hmm. degree. He might be the first guy you think of, and because of that, maybe he's able to communicate and influence Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the way that they need to be influenced, whether it's Joel Embiid staying in shape and being more aggressive, you know, whether it's Ben Simmons actually shooting in the games where we got that report that he might, uh, that Ben Simmons would just avoid shooting kind of to spite Brett Brown, you know, like Mm -hmm. those are real problems with Ben Simmons. (laughs) And, and apparently, you know, we got the word that Ben Simmons didn't love Jimmy Butler and uh, in the way that, you know, he played with, with Philadelphia and just some of the criticisms that he had towards Ben Simmons. But maybe Doc Rivers is able to communicate with those guys well enough 
to unlock something different from them. The problem with Doc Rivers is, you know, we've seen the choke jobs in the playoffs before. And we also see that Doc Rivers isn't somebody that adjusts um, X's and O's wise at halftime. And whenever a series goes a different way, we see that that's not a guy that adjusts the game plan with the, with the kind of schemes that he throws out there. And, and I think as much as you might have a personality problem, chemistry problem with Philadelphia, you have an on-court problem, um, chemistry on the court as well, outside, uh, not even just a locker room problem. And I don't know if Doc fixes that. Not a, like That's my biggest skepticism. No, no, exactly. I don't think he fixes it. Exactly. That. And remember, chemistry is what undid Doc in the... Um, it's basically what undid Doc in LA. So if there's additional chemistry issues, Doc ain't the one to fix them. Unfortunately. All right. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA or really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.